Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Signum Symposium. Uh, we are happy today to talk about the humanities. Uh, you know, this is something we've been talking a lot about about Signum lately. Is sort of uh, the the situation with the humanities, both the need for the humanities uh, and uh, sort of what we can do about it. Um, uh, really happy to be joined today by uh, three of our Signum Path instructors. This is Robbie Park uh, joining us from uh, Kansas City, Gabriel Schenk uh, joining us from Oxford, and Sarah Brown joining us from Wales. Uh, uh, and I, of course, am Corey Olson uh, joining you from New Hampshire. So. Um, and uh, just to give a little bit of background, a lot of you know this story, but um, you know, Signum, we've been, it, it, it's, it's, we have been operating in a, uh, a very focused niche, right? Our program so far, our master's degree program, our starting program, uh, you know, has been focused on uh, uh, Tolkien studies and fantasy literature and science fiction literature. Um, and uh, I, it, it's you know, Signum has been growing, and it was time for us to 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 grow, to find a to find a larger niche, and and uh, you know, so I, I personally, as you know, the president of the institution, was doing a lot of soul searching last year, trying to say, not just like what can we do, you know, not just a simple like, uh, you know, what is the most practical way for us to move forward, but like. Where are their needs? You know, what? Where can Signum do good? You know, there was that was after all what led to Signum, right? Was seeing a need, seeing a a, a, a niche that needed to be filled, right? So, um, I really began kind of looking around to see what is what is out there. What can we, uh, you know, what can we do that isn't just trying to find the most cunning uh, angle uh, and uh, uh, and really what kind of uh, what kind of needs can we fill? And the thing that really brought itself to my attention was the need in the humanities, right? Seeing that one one basic kind of uh, or rather two two related observations, right? That were simultaneously on the one hand was seeing that the humanities themselves have been in a state of crisis uh, for some time now, and that crisis is only getting worse and, of course, is reaching some fairly acute levels right now uh, in higher education, um, that humanities programs are being reduced, they're being cut, and even those that are surviving are having some really uncomfortable pressures being put on them, right? You know, the, the kind of ultimatum that's being directed well it's an ultimatum that's being directed across higher education but it's a particularly uncomfortable and inappropriate one in many ways to be directing at the humanities uh, is to say like prove that uh, students can get a really high and immediate return on investment like show us what high paying jobs your studies will will you know ease students into uh, and if you can't you know, we're cutting funding to you, and uh, and we're we're reallocating our funding to those departments which can real which can really show that, which can really promise to students lucrative jobs waiting for them after graduation if you major in that, right? Um, and that situation uh, has, I mean, it wrongfoots the humanities in a very very serious way, uh, and has led to all kinds of difficulties, both in places where the humanities aren't surviving and in places where the humanities are uh, again trying to adapt and and respond to these challenges and answer these questions and therefore contort themselves in ways which are not 
real good uh, in the end for the teaching of the humanities. Um, so that's that, that was one thing I was noticing this this you know this in increasingly acute crisis in the humanities across higher education. The other uh, thing, which is really interesting in association, is the fact that lots and lots of people within the sort of world of industry, right, within the business world, um, have been complaining that there's been this continual drop off in the you know the, the the basic communication skills and interpersonal skills that people have there's a real gap and people are wringing their hands and saying why is it that nobody can write anymore why is it so hard for people to you know to 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 present why do we have such dysfunctional offices where people can't you know operate well in meetings and don't know how to handle you know each other and everything um and again, it's I, I'm not laying claim to any like remarkable flash of insight for myself of connecting those two dots and saying, you know, maybe, uh, maybe there's a correlation here. Maybe uh, the one problem is, uh, you know, I don't think it's necessarily just as simple as a simple cause and effect relationship, but clearly there are some links between these two things. Um, that is what has uh, uh, really informed uh, the, these new directions that I've been talking about now uh, for Signum University since last fall, um, the new directions that we're planning to go, because this is where I do think that, you know, there are some needs that we can fill. Um, Signum Path, of course, is our new program in which we're trying to address what is, I think, in a sense, the more easily um, uh, the more easily, the, the more readily addressable issue, right? It's uh, it's kind of easier to reach out to people who need help with their uh, with their skills, right? With their communication skills and stuff. Reforming how higher education does the humanities is a longer term project, right? And we're thinking about that too, and we we may come back around to talking about that as well. Um, but the the first and most immediate thing that we felt that we could do was to be, to try to make an impact right away uh, for the benefit of folks who do really struggle with uh, with kind of the aftermath of the humanities situation. Um, so. Robbie, Gabriel, and Sara have all been uh, teaching our PATH courses. We we launched our uh, public enrollment for our PATH classes uh, in uh, June. You know, for our June uh, month was our we have uh, our classes are monthly. June was our first month. Um, all uh, three of them have been teaching courses now in June, July, and August. Um, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys uh, about your experiences so far. Um, let me let you guys uh, kind of introduce yourselves and some of the 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 courses that you've been teaching and uh, the stuff that you've been working on in particular about these things to sort of provide some context and then we can, uh, you guys can sort of share some reflections that you guys have had uh, on these things. Um, Robbie, I, I could uh, uh, start with you to, to tell us a little bit about yourself and the, the classes you've been teaching. Yeah, um, so my name is Robbie Park and um, I have a personal stake in this matter because I have a bachelor's and a master's in history, both of which I've been informed are completely useless so, um, you know, I, I have a huge stake in this, um, but uh, I've been teaching, yeah, courses since June. Um, I've been teaching, um, uh, well, right now, this month, I've been doing leadership and followership. I also did conflict resolution, um, emotional intelligence, powerful presentations, 
Um, and one other course, and I'm totally blanking out on it. Oh, marketing yourself. Um, so I've done five courses so far uh, in in Path, um, and it's it's been a really great experience so far. I mean, in the process of all five of these courses, I've had a lot of discussions about a, a lot of the things that you've just talked about in terms of why our office is so dysfunctional. Why is it that people can't seem to communicate well at all? Why don't people spend more time thinking about these skills? And it's because honestly, there just aren't courses that are offered that address some of these things. Instead, they're sort of buried in other um, courses in the humanities. You know, I can definitely come up with ways that you know, critical analysis and thinking has been included in history, um, but it's, there's definitely no dedicated course for critical thinking um, in, in my undergrad and even in my master's experience, I would say so. Um, but it's been it's been really great experience so far. So I'll, I'll let others introduce themselves before I blather on more. <laughs> great. Sarah, go ahead. Sure. Um, I'm Sarah Brown, and I've been working for Signum anyway since uh, 2012, um, mostly within the language and literature faculty on master's degree programs. But I got um, sucked into doing PATH by Corey <laughs> because he didn't, it actually did not take a lot of persuasion because he said, here is this gap. And I went, yes, you're right. And it kind of went from there. So the sorts of courses I've been teaching on, um, one of them was called Nuts and Bolts. Uh, and it's exactly what it says on the tin. Uh, it's all about those tiny little fundamentals of writing that nobody gets taught once they leave school. And in fact, most people don't get really taught these fundamentals even when they're in the upper years of high school. Right. It, it, there comes a point where there seems to be a line drawn where educators seem to think, well, we've taught you how to spell and we've taught you how to do grammar and we've taught you how to punctuate, off you go. Right. Uh, and that's not the case, it really isn't. So what we have is adults in the workplace who really have never been taught how to do some of these fundamentals well. They might have a basic grasp of them, although I have met some people who are very challenged on the semicolon, but they, they need to brush up on these skills because in this day and age where one of the main things in which people communicate in business is via electronic means, sometimes that first handshake is not in person. It's an email or a letter or something that is a written communication. And so it represents you and it represents your business. And if yeah. it is not well written in the fundamentals, you better believe the reader is judging you. So yeah. um, that I think has been a really interesting course because some people who've been on the course have suddenly come to an understanding of, of just how many gaps they have in those fundamentals. Yes. So that was that was a really interesting course. A sec the second course I did was writing as process. When we looked at um, taking information and scouring information and getting the real um, fundamentals of, of what is needed out of that, of that information, how do you do that well? How do you scan vast amounts of information and take just what you need? But then how do you take it from one text type and turn it into a different text type. So we looked at how you write good reports, the difference between um, an email and a memo. What is a memo for? Why do we actually have them? So we're looking at those business communication text types. Um, 
so that was good. And then the third and final path, uh, path course I've been doing is mastering media. Uh, and here's another thing that people take for granted. We're all online. We're online all the time. Uh, for some of us, that's our job is very much of it is online. And yet who sat you down and taught you how to be media literate? Did anybody actually explain to anybody how many people have taken a class in how to recognize when a source that you find online is not valid and what you do about that? Um, so that's what we do on the Mastering Media course is looking at how we can actually not just safely surf the um, the internet, but also use the internet really well. Okay, so yep, that's the three courses I've been on and I'll pass it on to Gabriel. Hi, uh, yeah, thank you. Um, so my name is Gabriel Schenk and I did my PhD in English literature at Oxford. Um, and then I tried to get a job in the real world. Uh, and I remember going to for a job interview at Oxford University Press and some of the feedback afterwards was don't mention the PhD because it's irrelevant. Um, and that was at, you know, Oxford University Press. Uh, and I just thought <laughs> there's some, something has gone wrong here. Um, and I think it's probably something that's gone wrong in the university level and the corporate level. Um, and I and I have, you know, since worked in jobs where people have, have recognized what a PhD in English literature is worth. And, and of course, I don't think you have to have a PhD, but um, in order to get a job. But, uh, you know, it there ha has some value as, as do other uh, degrees in the humanities. And, and, and uh, you know, it, it represents um, certain skills that you've developed. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I kind of know what it's like to to have the punchline of higher education, which is well, you know, okay, we're going to ignore this now. Um, and uh, uh, then I started teaching at um, Signum University in the master's program, um, and that was a really real delight because the students at Signum University tend to be people who are working alongside their studies or they're retired, so they've got like great there's not much of a university bubble at Signum. Mm -hmm. The students are really fascinating. Um, they they bring a lot of expertise from their own lives, that, from their working lives. Um, in the recent course I taught, we had two priests. Uh, we had someone working in Italy, someone working in Greece who ran a business. Um, so it was fantastic. And um, I, I remembered my first, the first course I taught um, on Gothic literature, there was a student who um, is an engineer, um, very, very high up engineer um, at, uh, at an organization. And she said uh, that she was writing a report and she realized that she was writing it in a different way because of what she was, the skills she was developing writing about Gothic literature. And so, you know, for me, Path felt quite new in some ways to begin with, but actually it's it's old hat for us. You know, we've been doing this for, for years. Well, um, some of us have been doing it for, for much longer um, than me. But um, uh, yeah, it, it, if there was a way of getting those skills um, that you get from humanities education without necessarily having to spend three months reading novels and applying, um, Burke's theory of the sublime to Bram Stoker's Dracula or whatever, you know, writing all those assignments. 
that's good, but it's, it's not it's, the only mechanism for not, doing that. No. You're saying, yeah, <laughs> and it's not maybe the most efficient way of, of getting those skills either. But it's, I mean, it's good. I'm not knocking the masters. Um, so yeah, it was it was really great to um, uh, to teach in the Path program, um, and as well as teaching at Sydney University, I also work as a grants writer for Ashinaga UK, which is a Japanese charity. Um, that works with uh, students from the region of uh, sub-Saharan Africa. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, I mention that because I'm not sort of this crusty old academic. You see them walking around Oxford sometimes and they get, you know, the cobwebs <laughs> wafting off them or whatever. Um, you know, we, we have, and, and the same is true for, for everyone else here, you know, we, we, we certainly know um, how to apply our, our skills in the humanities to right. um, the world outside academia as well. So we, we've seen, you know, the value of that. Um, and I've been able to use my academic skills and my um, non-academic skills in the teaching that I've been doing in path. So there's been three courses. Oh dear. Uh-oh. We seem to have lost Gabriel there for a second. Um, Gremlins in the internet. Again. Yes, indeed. Um, okay. Well, we will come. We will come back. Am I oh, back yet? Eric, you're back uh, now. There you go. I'm back now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Do you let if if I go again, just continue on without me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was saying. Um, yeah, two-way communication. Everyone thinks they know how to commun communicate, but actually, uh, actually. There are times if you've met a really good communicator, it's like they have a magic power. Like they, they, they to feel like you're really being listened to, to feel like um, you know you don't need to explain things lots of times. It's it's an incredible skill to learn. So that's what we we develop in that course. Um, there's also a course on time management, which is self-explanatory but surprisingly complex and interesting. We get into the psychology of time management there, um, which is really fascinating. Um, and develop lots of skills and um, methods for improving one's management of time. Uh, and then thirdly, there's a course called Influencing Your Audience, which is all about a particular kind of persuasive way of communication. How do you get people to do things for you, like, or, or, or with you, or how do you persuade people? Um, and, you know, if you can unlock that, then, you know, the world is your oyster and you can, you can, uh, you can, uh, get ahead in, in, in whatever work you're doing. I think these these skills are really applicable across the spectrum. Yes, that's really, to me, the most remarkable thing. And again, even thinking back to the, the kind of original uh, concept of why it would be so useful and so valuable to, to, to be working through the humanities in the way that we are, um, is that the kinds of skills that we're talking about, I mean, the kinds of skills that we focus on in the PATH program, um, these kinds of skills which are, have been, you know, traditionally, uh, you know, really developed best through the humanities, um, they are so universally applicable. It's part of the irony, right? Like this, you know, there's, it's, they're not skills which lead to a particular job. They are skills which apply to, I mean, there's, there isn't a single job you could possibly have in which, I mean, any job, any kind of, you know, you, you can't be a gas station attendant and, and, you know, not, like benefit from having better communication skills um, and, uh, and, you know, and, and these other things that we're talking about. Uh, so 
it's 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 really uh the universality of it uh, creates this sort of paradox with the humanities, right? Where um, there is the general perception that they're useless, right? Or, you know, a lot of people kind of feel like that. And a lot of people are told that, that this is useless. But of course, the irony is that it's it's not only that they're not useless, uh, it's that they are more broadly useful. They're more broadly applicable than any other kind of skill. There's, no, you know, no matter how focused, um, you know, the training you might get uh, and how relevant it might seem in a particular sphere, um, it's still of only limited applicability, of limited usefulness. So, yeah, I think that's such a really important part of things. Uh, Robin, you, did you want to talk more about the, the courses that you've taught, uh, maybe, to, to sort of uh, sort of kind of fill in a little bit? I know you, you listed them before, um, uh, but yes. I would love to hear a little bit more about your courses. Um. Well, in, in my, in one of the badges that I worked on in particular was the person to person badge. And that's more yeah. where we talk about things that are, I think, traditionally considered like soft skills. You know, what we've talked about in the past is that, that term soft skills. Um, but in those, in that badge, it's um, leadership and followership, conflict resolution and emotional intelligence. Um, I, I mean, I think more than ever I've seen in the past, I, I think especially with the growth of the internet, I see a huge need for people to become more emotionally intelligent. Um, yes. mm -hmm. It seems like as, as people are becoming more just constantly tethered to the internet, um, that I see a, a huge increase in terms of not just grammar errors, which is Sara, I think your classes are incredibly important for that reason. <laughs> um, it's crazy, you'd think that the grammar errors would actually go down because you would think that you're getting corrected more often when you're texting and stuff, but I, it just does not seem to happen at all. Um, but also, I feel like there's just a lot more, um, like there's a huge lack in terms of soft skills. People don't know how to talk to each other as much anymore. They don't think as much outside of their own bubble. Um, they definitely don't think outside of whatever the echo chamber is that they've kind of accumulated and curated in their social media feed and their news feed and all this stuff. Um, so in those three courses in particular, we talk a lot about that, about sort of the more human approach to relationships of how to communicate with other people and just become more aware of, of what we're thinking and feeling and how others are thinking and feeling. Because I think definitely in the past 10 years, it just seems like the quality of conversation has really changed. Not necessarily saying it's gotten worse, but it's definitely changed a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so in that badge in particular, there's a huge focus on that. Um, and then the other thing that, you know, when I um, when I left my master's program to go out into the real world um, to go apply for for jobs, um, you know, which Gabriel, I think I went through kind of a similar issue where I got kind of told, don't even bring the fact that you have a master's. No one wants to hear that, and you're not going to be paid more just because you have a master's. That that doesn't mean anything, basically. Um, you know, uh, the the one course from the Strengthening Your Core badge, which is marketing yourself, I, I really did not know how to do that when I left grad school because I, I feel like in, um, in grad school in particular, things are very insular. It's just like if you're in grad school, then your goal is to just be in grad school forever and just be a professor and live on campus. And that's like what you do. Um, but there are, of course, supposedly other opportunities out there for you. Um, that, that your degrees give you, that there's this way, you know, much wider um, playing field out there for you. Um, but if you don't know how to market yourself to that, then you're never going to know what that is. If you have a master's in history, for example, then you can only teach history. That's it. But for some reason, when they try to get students to enroll in the program, they tell you, yeah, it's very versatile. You can do tons of things with this mm -hmm. degree. 
um, but then they don't actually educate you on how you should market yourself for those opportunities. Yes. Um, so that was a huge highlight for me, actually teaching that course um, and helping students to figure out how they can find other areas like that they they can be more applicable toward. Um, so that was that was a huge treat getting to teach that course. Um, but it was something like I wished had existed in both. I would say definitely both the undergrad and the graduate side. I, I mean, I did not get any of that. Um, and I don't really understand why it isn't sort of more woven into the, the you know, the course of study in general. Um, but yeah, so marketing yourself actually worked really well uh, also with the other course that I taught, which was powerful presentations, because most people just are not capable of giving like really great presentations. They can get up and kind of talk for 20 minutes and just sort of ramble a little bit, um, you know, and then um, they, they may even just sort of black out and not really remember that they did it, um, <laughs> which is what one, one student told me that apparently they, they were told they give good presentations, but they don't remember them because they just would kind of black out because they were just so <laughs> petrified of giving presentations um, because they were never really taught how to do it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so of course we we talked a lot about that, but marketing yourself and and being able to present and talk about yourself, I mean, like those things go very much hand in hand. So those are really, um, I think, critical skills that for some reason are just completely missed both in the undergrad and the graduate side. So yeah, yeah, definitely. What are some things that you guys have um, uh, have found in your interactions with students so far? Uh, you know, we had these. Um, you know, these courses that we've designed and everything have, you know, we, we had this theoretical idea, right, about, uh, you know, seeing seeing this need uh, out there uh, and, you know, wanting to design these courses to fill it. Um, now that we've, uh, you know, the, the course is a few, the, the program is a few months old now and we've been working through all of these courses now once. Um, what are some of the experiences that you guys have had? What are some of the things that you've learned or, 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 or perceived from working with students in your courses? I'll start if you like. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, well, first of all, on the mastering media course, um, one of the things that really surprised me was the extent to which um, people really don't seem to know how to handle the internet well. Um, and in those first interactions with first students taking this course, that was really brought home to me and to them. I think that was the biggest surprise was for them to understand the extent to which they don't really know how to use resources, how to um, understand when a source is valid and when it is not valid and what to do if you find that it's not um, the kind of source that you thought it was, how to you know, how to understand that information given to you on the internet is always curated by somebody for some reason with an agenda. And um, understanding that is like a revelation. Um, so I think that students start that course with an idea of what they think they might get out of that course, which is, you know, how to use the internet well so that I can find resources uh, and use them in my job. And they get partway into it and suddenly start to realize just what it is that this information is, is doing to your brain if you don't understand what is going on. Um, yeah. Uh, and just dissecting this whole thing about fake news and what truth actually is. 
Uh, can you pin that word down? Uh, and understanding that uh, a truth for somebody is not a truth for somebody else is like a shocking revelation. Right. Um, so that is actually the first time of teaching that. That has been quite an eye-opener for me as well, is to just see um, the, the dearth of education on the media um, is kind of shocking to me. Um, and because the other two courses I've taught have been on real fundamentals of writing, um, I'm wondering, coming back to something you said earlier, Corey, about how the humanities are not just not useless, they're actually immensely important. And I wonder if it's because all of these incredibly important skills are just taken for granted, are, are just kind of overlooked as being, well, you know, we assume that people do all of this. And now suddenly businesses are finding themselves in a situation where they're looking around saying, well, but, but people aren't doing this. We right. assumed that they were. What is going on? And I just wonder if it's because there's this assumption that people can do all of this stuff. Um, and that's why it gets overlooked. It's, uh, it's very essential nature gets overlooked. I don't know, it's, it's just a feeling mm. I've had after teaching three courses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, Sarah, just thinking about the model of what you were saying about grammar and stuff as well, right? I mean, that's that's a, a very kind of tangible illustration of this, right? Like the actual teaching people how to, you know, what, how do you put sentences together? What, how does that work? Um, it's not that that's never taught anywhere at any level, but the, we seem to be, we as educators or the educational system as a whole seems to be very quick to say, well, we're, we're assuming you've already learned that, right? So we're not gonna mm -hmm. waste our time going over that stuff again. Um, but I agree in those places where we can see that really concretely as in grammar and punctuation and things like that, um, I, I think it, it certainly stands to reason that that is equally true in so many other things, um, mm -hmm. you know, that we, uh, make assumptions about some of these basics and don't really teach them. You know, another, this is maybe slightly tangential, but I, I think one of the reasons for that, one of the, one of the things that tends to lead to that problem is teaching people fundamentals is unpleasant. That is, it's unpleasant for the student, right? Nobody yeah. needs, nobody wants to be told, you have to buckle down and do this work that you're not going to enjoy right like this is not fun this is not fun time right this is like it's like the you know the the equivalent of like doing push-ups right this is you know you, you you can't you might like to play sports but if you don't like train your body you're not going to be able you know to do sports mm -hmm. nobody wants to do, so it's almost like education in general higher education in particular you know has been moved has moved into this model a long time ago of treating students like consumers, right? Like let's try to please them um, and uh, and make all the students as happy as possible. And so nobody wants to do this. Nobody wants to be like, okay, we're gonna compel you to like learn all of these basic fundamental things, which you're not gonna enjoy, right? We wanna mm -hmm. let you, no, we want you to have fun because we want you to, uh, to you know, so nobody wants to be the bad guy in that sense, right? And mm -hmm. give people a hard time and say, our job as educators is to like hold you and bring you to a particular standard uh, on these things. Um, 
even within the institution, people, you know, individual faculty are passing the buck on that because, of course, individual faculty don't want to be the one to do it because then students will hate their classes and will give them bad reviews and then they won't get tenure, right? So, I mean, all the way down, this this kind of mentality of, mm-hmm. um, you know, nobody wants to be, uh, you know, like the 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 classic, like the you know, the mean teacher walking around with a ruler smacking people anymore, but like. <laughs> That I'm not saying that that environment is the ideal environment for pedagogy, but again, it's you know if all we're doing is trying to like, you know, give people positive reinforcement and and uh, uh, and make them feel better about themselves and, and encourage them to have fun, it it is the first thing that's going to go is exactly these kinds of basic. Uh, these these bakes and it's it's going to be easier for us to skim over these things and not compel people to uh, to do the background work you know the importance to anyway it's it's I think one of the one of the larger kind of uh, diseases of higher education um, you know that we've been we're not shaping students anymore we're you know we're entertaining customers right. basically uh, yeah goes right down to high school yeah. That reminds, sorry, this is just a quick comment I wanted to make, but my previous life, I was an academic advisor and the two Mm -hmm. key questions that we were always told we needed to be ready to answer immediately when a student walked in is how long is it going to take and how much is it going to cost? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was it. They didn't like, it didn't really matter what the other questions were. What am I going to learn? You know, what, what about, what about the actual tenets of the education that I'm going to get? It was just how long is this going to take and how, how much is it going to cost? That's it. Um, and students want to that's that, that's that's all that they they want and which is obviously a complete mistake um, but, right. but it's well, that's, like, that's treating students primarily as consumers right yeah, you yes. know this you know that you're, you're selling them a product right and so what they need to you know that that's that's you know that's that's the transaction there right yeah, exactly. um, yeah. and which student is going to take the slice of wheat bread when they could take the big pile of chocolate you right. know so do you want to do yeah. a course on grammar and punctuation and syntax and all that kind of thing? Or do you want to have fun? So Or both. Well, you can, see, you can do both. You can do. I would argue it can be both. And anybody who's thinking of taking nuts and bolts, I promise you it's a little more fun than this. But still, <laughs> right. I get, yeah, I get Corey's point because um, yeah. students get to higher education level and they also assume they can write. Yeah. You know, so if somebody says, okay, stop, check the front and side view mirrors, you aren't actually a good writer yet. You also need to do this. Well, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be something that they don't want to hear. So yeah. they don't get told it. So th- this kind of relates to what I found, which wasn't a surprise, but it was nice to have it affirmed. Um, th- there was a comment in the recent Humanities Summit we had at the university, um, which someone said, uh, humanities are particularly good at letting people know what they didn't know. And if you right. don't know, you don't know something, then you don't know. And how do you know? So you have to, you know, I don't know. But um, you, you, you <laughs> find out somehow. Um, through studying and there was a comment um, so I ran the two-way communication course a couple of times once to uh, a big group at a corporation and had a lovely email from one of the students who uh, told me that initially they were really annoyed that they were being forced to do this course 
um, and they thought, oh, oh, for goodness sake, they're going to tell me how to communicate. They're going to tell me how to speak English. How insulting. I know how to do that. And then they, they said, not only was this a lot more enjoyable, but I now realize how complicated, how complex it is, but also how how I can develop how what where my weaknesses are where I can see other weaknesses uh where I can improve things holistically um and it reminded me actually there was a comment uh it, it discussing English literature there was a professor at Oxford saying how um the what happens particularly with first years at undergraduate level is that they come in and then they realize quite soon that English literature is so much more complicated, but also so much more exciting than they thought it was. Um, people from the outside might go, okay, what do you do in English literature? You read Jane Austen and you go, right, uh, this is what Mansfield Park means. Like, this is the message. Uh, right. Okay, we've done that, let's move on. And instead it's more like, okay, what is this? What, what are the interesting complications here? And what can that tell us? And let's reflect on some of these uh, issues and let's think about what they could mean and so that's that's what we do in these courses um, and we we end up really developing those skills and also setting people up for the future it's not you know at the end of the course mm -hmm. I always say the course doesn't actually end now the course begins now you now you are equipped to keep on developing these skills uh, right. keep getting better at communication get better at writing um, take that forward and apply these to uh, every situation you you come across. Um, and um, yeah, I, I was talking to someone the other day who um, uh, works as an investment banker, and he did a master's in music. And he was he got this job as in this investment bank, and he asked them, "Why did you hire me?" And they said, "Because you're seeing things that other people aren't seeing. You're." Uh, filling a, a gap that we we have, you know, we have all the kind of MBAs that we can ask for, but we don't have someone who's got that kind of different perspective that the other people don't even know they don't have. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's that's really powerful. Yeah, you know, Carrie, uh, one thing I would I would uh, uh, jump on there, thinking especially what you were saying about sort of the course starting now and everything. This is one of the other difficulties about the, this particular skill gap that we're talking about, right? Is that these skills, it's not like being trained to use a piece of software. You think about like professional development courses, right? There are, you know, millions of professional development courses out there. Um, it's a very standard thing that you do, but usually it's about training in a particular thing, right? You're, you're being acclimated to, you know, oriented to use a particular piece of software or, you know, learning a new coding language or something like that. But these things that we're talking about, these, uh, these, these foundational skills are things that you have to you have to work and develop over time. You can't, you can't just, you can't take a weekend seminar and learn how to write, you know, and like, and at the end of it, you'll be a good writer. Like that, it doesn't work that way. And it's the same thing, Gabriel, with communication, right? Or Robbie with the, the interpersonal stuff that you were talking about. I mean, there's no, there isn't a single seminar. It's all about trying to, and that's one of the reasons why Signum Path courses work a little differently from normal professional development. And we, you know, we don't do, 
you know, one shot seminars. It's not just a, you know, watch a video, do an exercise, and that's your professional development thing. You know, it's um, their regular discussion courses. Um, you know, we make them short courses. You know, we don't want to make it a, a massive investment of people's time. Um, but but it has to be, there has to be time involved. You have to be thinking through and practicing these things and mm -hmm. developing these things over time. And yeah, the goal is just that the each each little month course is just kind of a kickstart, right? Into opening people's eyes into what they need to learn and to begin them developing the skills mm -hmm. so that they can carry on uh, with this development and you know carry on this trajectory on their own. Um, it's a it's a big challenge, I think, in this particular in this particular area. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's as you said, there's there's a skills gap in the workplace yeah. and. It's a question of, well, how do we address this? Yes, Signum Path is addressing this skills gap, but the skills gap is occurring because of the way in which these skills are being taught, the way in which these skills are being approached um, in universities. Yes. With Going back to what Robbie said earlier about how you are doing critical thinking, you are doing research, you are doing uh, data um, recovery and things like that in your um, humanities course but nobody yeah. says by the way you're doing that that is a skill that you have and so yeah. people graduate and they do have some skills but then they don't know how to act. well they don't know that they have those skills because nobody said along with reading these books or studying this period in history or um, understanding these philosophers or you know whatever it is you've studied you have also achieved these particular skills these skill this skill set is yours yes. so you know it's not just a case of let's plug the gap in the workplace it, how do we address what's going on in universities so yes. that the gap in the workplace isn't as wide as it is Absolutely. I think a big part of this um, is, and I, I mean, I agree with everything you just said, Sarah. I think a big part of this is that, by and large, um, most students, and I, I think to a degree, even instructors sometimes view classes as just like check that box, like you did the intro course, yeah. you did this course, and that fulfills this requirement and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, core, like what you were just talking about is how, you know, the goal is really to take these skills and like continue to practice them. This is just like giving you a little injection of what you need and then you go out and you, you yeah. know, you're supposed to practice that. I mean, that's something that I've been really trying to impart to all my students is, look, we, this is like a crash course almost like we can only do so much in one month. You have to go out and find yeah. opportunities to practice these skills because you will lose them if you don't. Um, and I think it's the same thing with the humanities is, you know, there are skills that we learn in these, you know, undergraduate courses, you know, or graduate courses, whatever. I mean, I have, you know, I, I have the, the, the dreaded job of teaching the intro to history courses, which every student hates. They don't know why they have to take it. I've taken this in high So my job is to make it relevant to them. And then also to try to help them to understand that the skills that they're learning in my courses, they then take into other courses, they take into their own lives and things like that. So I, I think a big, a big chunk, a big piece of this is just the way that we treat courses like they're just checkboxes. It's just something to get done. This is something that I get done so that I get the piece of paper, then I get the piece of paper, then I can go get the job. 
Then once I get the job, then I get another piece of paper that has money on it, and then I can get a house. You know, like it's just, it's just, I get this thing to get the next thing, and that's it, and that's not how it should be done. Right, right, exactly. And that was my rant. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's it's it is a big part of the problem with the with the, with the mentality and and yeah, thinking about the that that problem, um, you know, sorry that you were just talking about about the the humanities not really communicating these skills and things. It's that was that was to me the kind of um, sobering moment, right? When I when I was first thinking this through and I was seeing this like, okay, so the humanities, oh man, like the humanities are downtrodden right now. I like, the humanities are, are being oppressed by the current, you know, uh, dynamics of higher education. Um, and look, there's this desperate need for them. Um, you know, my first, uh, my first impulse was like, oh, this is great. Like, let's be, let's be the, the let's, let's ride in and help save the humanities, right? From their, like, from the dragons that are oppressing them. Um, but then, of course, the more I think this through and, and look at this, the more I kind of came to the disquieting conclusion. Well, unfortunately, one of the things that the humanities needs to be saved from is itself, right? It's yeah. it's not doing, a, I mean, some of the, a lot of the damage, a lot of the difficulties that the humanities are in is, is kind of self-inflicted because they're not doing a good job of showing people the usefulness of it. I mean, if if what you're communicating in your degree program, right, if you are saying to your student, the point of this degree program is to be like, you know, so for for uh, a, a literature program, right? You know, the point of this, we are, our job is to turn you into an expert in literature, right? You're going to be a literary expert at the end of this program. That's that's the thing we're focused on. That's the thing we're accomplishing. Then guess what? That actually is a little bit useless uh, on the job market, right? There are very few places that are like, what we need most is somebody who has a really incisive reading of Jane Austen, right? Yeah. You're not going to see that on a whole lot of job ads, right? It, it's, I mean, as far as practicality is concerned, that is actually useless most much of the humanities is in that sense useless most of the time but the point is they are doing humanities programs do teaching the humanities studying the humanities in fact does so much more than that right it's not that you're just an expert in literature or an expert in a particular historical field or uh, or something like that at the end um but the humanities programs themselves do a very bad job of packaging that and of communicating that clearly to their students to say, hey, great, you know, yes, we want you to become an expert, you know, in this particular literary or historical or philosophical field or whatever it is, right? Um, we want, but that's not the only point, right? We want to make sure that you understand you are also gaining these remarkably applicable skills, which will enable you, um, which will equip you to have, not just to be able to apply for different jobs, but to really have, you know, Gabriel, like you were saying about ways in which you can, you can in fact package, like it's, it's okay to have a PhD, like you can show that having a PhD in literature does in fact, uh, you know, equip you in certain ways that make you an attractive candidate, more attractive than some other candidates, right? Um, that's a thing, but that's a thing that in general humanities programs have been terrible at doing, at communicating yeah. to their students and at communicating to the public so that when people see 
this credential, right? When they see, you know, so Robbie, when they see your history masters, right, on your on your resume, when you apply, they don't know what that means. They don't understand, like most employers don't have a way of unpacking. Okay, so that means if she has a master's in history, then that means we can expect X, Y, and Z, and that's awesome, right? They don't, most of people don't know how to do that. So that's the other thing that I think is a, is a really important angle. And this is, again, this is part of the longer term uh, thing, right? You know, this is a this is this is a bigger and longer term project than just trying to help people right away. Um, uh, uh, sort of close some of those, uh, you know, develop some of those skills and uh, and uh, and be able to 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 do better at uh, accomplishing some of the things that they need to do, you know, on a daily basis, or to have an office, you know, a team working more effectively and and communicating more effectively. Um, uh, so yeah, it's a it's a big deal. Daisy was asking here in our questions box, and I welcome questions from uh, uh, from 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 others as well. Daisy was asking what's uh, what's Signum planning to do about the humanities within its own institution. Uh, wow. Lots, lots. Yeah. I, you know, they're 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 you know, as I said, it started with the perception of these two different you know needs, right? These two different issues, which are clearly linked uh, together. Um, the the first thing the thing we could do we could respond to most quickly was the the skills need right and so that's why we've begun with signum path um we are also working on the other problem on developing a humanities program which does better at these things that we were talking about that is really focused on not only teaching the humanities it is not only teaching you know helping people to become experts in literature and history and philosophy but also um I uh, focused on being an applied humanities program that really helps students understand how this stuff applies and to begin to develop, you know, a new generation of people who can um, who can really be equipped and and get Rose, you're saying know that they know and know what they don't know, right? Um, uh, to be able to move forward with this. Um, so we're 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 developing an undergraduate program. An undergraduate humanities program, which will, uh, uh, which who, whose goal is to try to to sort of meet these needs in new ways uh, and to sort of blaze some new trails in the teaching of the humanities uh, at the higher education level. Um, as I say, that's a longer term project uh, than the launching of Signum Path. Uh, it's going to take a couple years before we can actually open the doors and start teaching classes. Um, any of you who know me personally know that I always when i see a need like this when i when i see an opportunity like this i always want to like jump out and do it right away i would love to be like and you know next month we're starting classes that would be cool but we can't do that um there's a lot of things that need to be put in place um both in terms of uh of uh, uh our organization and you know just making sure that we plan everything through and we have the program set um but i'll end in terms of you know reaching folks it's one thing to open the doors and say we're going to do it but we need to make sure that we are you know spreading the word about that and that we have uh uh you know we, we we're going to need some time to be recruiting students for that um and of course there are also other issues with credentialing and stuff we have to we have some hoops that we have to jump through um 
uh, with accreditors and stuff before we can get there and with the state and all that kind of thing. So um, it's 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 going to be a couple of years before we actually launch uh, the program. But that's something we're already working on, um, you know, a, a sort of step along the way. Our first step along the way um, is a process we're underway. Gabriel mentioned the, the summit meeting we had uh, last month, about a month ago now. Um, in fact, a month ago today, come to think of it, I think, uh, was um, uh, the um, uh, the Humanities Summit we had, uh, which was basically sort of a summit meeting to address the crisis in teaching the humanities. We invited humanities uh, uh, instructors from you know from across the world, from across disciplines, to to meet together and talk about our experiences and our concerns and uh, our ideas for how things could move forward in more positive ways and stuff. We're now working uh, with uh, many of those folks who attended our summit on producing uh, a, a paper, a concept paper that will describe here's what an applied humanities program would look like here's what the sort of next generation of uh of higher education approach to this kind of breaking out of some of the uh the uh, less useful patterns that uh, the humanities have either been forced into uh, by the markets or have locked themselves into through other traditions um and uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, articulating some 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 ways in which uh, that could uh, come out, and then after we uh, we're gonna we're gonna publicize that paper and hope to continue some sort of broader uh, public discussions about that. And then in the meantime, we're also gonna be working on uh, our own implementation of some of these principles and uh, begin to be moving forward with that. Uh, again, with the goal, hopefully, the vision uh, there of uh, uh, ideally opening. Uh, for enrollment in fall 2022. I think that's the soonest we can do it, uh, but that's uh, that's what I would like to see. So um, anyway, yeah, so that's this is definitely a bigger project that Signum is working on right now and which I am very, very excited about. Um, but I am very glad that we can begin already uh, with uh, Signum Path, because again, there is an immediate need, you know, and for, for everyone who's already had their undergraduate education, um, you know, it's, um, it's not too late, you know. It's not too late to go back and 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 make up some of this ground and and to uh, to begin to to understand better the kinds of things that you don't know and uh, and to to find be finding places where uh, you can be filling in those skills and 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 developing how to do that. Um, excellent. Well, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to keep people after time. Um, uh, happy to answer any final questions that come in. Uh, any final thoughts uh, from uh, from you guys? Final thoughts or reflections? I, I, well, I have one. I mean, this this path has sort of um, reaffirmed my love for the humanities. And I, if I may, I don't think there is a crisis in the humanities themselves. It's a crisis around the humanities. And it's right. a blip as well. Um, I mean, if you look at the um, the skills that employers say they are looking for in graduates and, and people to employ, it's a right. who's who list of the humanities and uh, Signum Paths courses as well. But also right. it maps pretty much um, onto what the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans called the seven liberal arts, yes. um, uh, which now the liberal arts means useless, you know, non-vocational <laughs> things. But back then, <laughs> You know, for the Romans and the Greeks, this was what you had to do in order to get ahead. You had to speak yes. well, you had to communicate, you had to 
um, uh, be able to read and understand and make arguments and so on. We're not any different. We haven't evolved so much in 2000 yeah. years. No. Um, and that actually, it's, really, it's quite emotional, actually, uh, teaching, influencing your audience, in which we, we look at some of the things that uh, Cicero and Confucius and Aristotle say, we put them in a modern context and we apply them to modern thinkers. But, um, you know, the mistakes that corporations are making sometimes that cost tens of thousands of dollars. Read Aristotle, read Cicero. He, they tell you not to do those things. Um, <laughs> and it's true that the people who don't read history, aren't aware of history, are doomed to repeat it. Um, mm. and, and we need to get, so go back a little bit in order to go forward, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good point. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Uh, uh, yeah, the need for uh, uh, for the liberal arts and especially, you know, the trivium, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, grammar, logic, and rhetoric, just as essential uh, now as ever they were. Uh, and it does seem that that's that's where, if there's a thing that uh, that modern education has really kind of lost its grip on, it's there, you know, it's on those, uh, the importance, on, on the emphasizing the importance uh, of those uh, key fundamentals. And yeah, it is uh, really fun uh, to be getting back to that. And I agree, I mean, this, 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 this problem that the modern world has been developing, this is a blip. This is, we've, we as a species have handled this before and we can handle it again in, in fact, you know, some very similar ways. So, yeah, I think that's an important reflection. Excellent. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Thanks to our guests, Robbie, Sarah, and Gabriel. I appreciate uh, all of your time, not only, of course, here today, but uh, your efforts in teaching our PATH courses. I know that the students have been responding to those very, very uh, uh, favorably. Uh, so I know lots of people have been really valuing that um, uh, that experience. And uh, certainly anyone who is interested in more information on our PATH program uh, should uh, uh, definitely uh, uh, go to our, our website, path.signumu.org, um, to find more information uh, on our PATH program and be looking for more information about our, our, our further adventures in the humanities uh, as we continue uh, moving forward with that. Again, look for the, the, that uh, concept paper uh, that we're working on is something we're hoping to be published within the next couple months here. So um, we'll, we should have some, some more uh, discussions soon uh, on some of that material. So thanks very much, everybody, for joining us. And uh, uh, we will see you guys later. Bye now. Bye, everybody. Bye.